Socceroos are through to the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup. A 4-0 win against Indonesia was the heaviest scoreboard victory of the tournament, but the team performance leaves us with a familiar question. Are we showing enough on the field to prove that we are capable of bringing down bigger teams? Or does it matter at all? A win is a win at the end of the day, and progression in tournament football is all that matters. We'll run our eye over the win and cast a look to the other round of 16 games as well on this episode of the A-Leagues of Our Own podcast presented by the Inner Sanctum. My name is Lachlan Abel and joining me this morning for your Socceroos review is Kevin Sangster. Hello to you. Morning, Lockie. And Ross Papadakis, welcome in. What was your reaction when Bruno Fornaroli was listed as the starting number nine yesterday? I loved it. Honestly, Bruno. I went to the victory game as well and I'm like, well, we're missing Bruno here. And then I've seen him on the team sheet for the Socceroos and I'm just, oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> It was a bit of a spanner in the works, Kev, because obviously we had the injury to Mitchell Duke. Cassini Yengi comes in and we all thought he played pretty well. And then all of a sudden we get to the next game and Bruno Fornaroli's in the lineup. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock to me when I saw the team because I thought Yengi played really well the other night. And uh, he's, he can feel a bit hard done by, I think, not to start. I thought Bruno tried hard, but I didn't think they played to his strengths. I, I didn't think they played the ball to his feet. Um, and I don't think you can really blame him. He was not really utilised in in his in the best way, I didn't think. But uh, who knows uh, who he'll play next round. So at, at the end of the 90 minutes, Ross, it was a 4-0 win. It is very convincing. It's another clean sheet for the Socceroos. As I said, we're still not probably getting the full 90 minutes we want. But I guess in tournament football, as we're kind of coming to terms with, getting good wins like this and getting progression is the, is the key point when you just need to keep going. I mean, I think you said it. Just there, like getting the good wins is is good, but I don't. I mean, the four nil doesn't really justify. I think the way Indonesia played, but also the way we played, I think we got very lucky with four, even two. To be honest, we got very lucky with. So feel bad for Indonesia there. To be honest, they I feel like they're a bit of a victim of their own tactics in a way. Like they kind of died out last twenty minutes, so that just fell apart. I guess. How does 4 0 represent the story of the game for you, Kev? Because obviously, we had a very fortunate own goal to open the scoring. Uh, the ball from Gethin Jones, to be fair to him, we, we put a lot of criticism on him, but that was outstanding for the second goal. You know, the, the late one was a Sutar header as well, a fun stat that went around last night. Harry Sutar now has more goals for the national, sorry, the same amount of goals for the national team as Mark Viduka, which is quite crazy when you think about it. So, you know, he's a little bit of a cheat code when we're playing these Asian teams, but 4-0 probably doesn't quite tell the exact story. No, I thought 4-0 flattered the Australians a little bit. Uh, and, and I think Indonesia can consider them, themselves a little bit unlucky not to score. I mean, they had a few chances. At the end of the day, they didn't put them in. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the, the, the phrase that I was thinking when I was watching the game, um, aside from the scoreline, which at the end of the day, they're there to win and they did. Uh, industry over ability was what I, I thought about Australia last night. Um, they work hard, but I just question whether we've, we've got the um, the technical ability in midfield to keep the ball. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll get on to that. But um, the bottom line is they won and, and the scoreline was convincing, but I don't think it was a good reflection of the game. It was a lot closer than that. Yeah, I'm the same. I I was It was a bit boring, to be honest. Like the, the first goal, fair enough, the, the first goal came, the second goal came, and then it was kind of like we had one shot until the 60th minute and 
it was just I think Indonesia credit to them they came out and they came fighting and I think yeah that's that's why they've conceded four goals but wasn't very convinced of the performance and I'm concerned for next game to be honest. Well, Kev, looking forward to that next game briefly. We'll talk about the opposition a little bit later. But in terms of personnel, we've seen three strikers start up top for the Socceroos now. Mitch Duke, of course, you'd assume is the number one favourite all the way, but his fitness is a little bit of a concern. We've seen Yangi and Bruno get a start each. And, of course, Mitch Duke did come on off the bench for a little cameo as well. We, we talk, you talk about technical ability being you know, a highly sought after when we're coming up against these higher quality opponents. Does Mitch Duke fit the bill for that role? He's not the most technical player, but I think he will start. And, and, and on balance, I think he probably should if he's fit. Uh, and the reason for that is this. I think Australia are good at playing a certain way. Um, and when they play against the better teams, uh, I think that their style suits that. Um, and to have a player up front who can hold the ball up um, is probably uh, key to that. So uh, the other thing is, I don't think Arnold's going to change in the middle of a tournament, and, and I don't think he should. So whether Duke is technically good enough to lead the line at international level is one thing. Whether he, uh, whether he will is another, uh, and I think he will. Another player, Ross, that came off the bench in this game was Craig Goodwin and made an immediate impact for the little time that he was allowed where does he sit in the pecking order? You know, he has one bad game at the start of the tournament and seems to have been shunned to the shadow realm. But, you know, we, we've, we're doing this experiment with Geordie Boss playing as a left wing, as his Bayich at left back. How do those puzzle pieces all fit together? Yeah, he got a bit of stick for his set pieces and we've got two goals from set pieces from him. So I feel like like if that was the only stick he got out of all of his performances, then I feel like he's justified being in the starting eleven, I guess. But um, well, he played six, ten, six to ten minutes, and he's we've scored three goals when he's been on. So I feel like uh, he was very, and I don't really the set pieces we would we had when he wasn't on were very underwhelming as well. I think like if you've got a big man like Harry Sutai in the box, why are you playing it short? Why are you playing it too long? Like it's a bit of a Goodwin just knows how to find the player. I think so. Very happy with him. Kev, obviously, the set pieces in that first game weren't ideal, but he's been so good for Australia for such a long time. It seems kind of crazy that that 90 minutes was all that he was allowed. Yeah, listen, I think I've said on this pod before, I I like Goodwin and I would have him in the starting team. Um, And the reason for that is I I just think that his quality delivery into the box, um, not just at set pieces, but uh, in general play, uh, is probably above what Boss and Bejic can offer on that left-hand side. Uh, That said... Again, we talked about Arnold being fairly stuck, stick, sticking to what he knows. Um, I don't think he's going to play anybody other than Bejic at left-back, even though I'd like to see Boss there. Um, and so it's going to be a straight decision between Boss and Goodwin. Um, I personally would like to see Goodwin start. Um, I've got doubts about whether he will um, because he seems to like Arnold seems to like Boss. It's interesting. I don't know if anybody saw this. That the, um, about ten minutes, fifteen minutes before the game, they showed a brief chat with Arnold. Uh, I think it was at the stadium, so live. And the reporter asked him whether he thought uh, they said they'd spoken to Goodwin and he was a hundred percent. And and he asked Arnold why he wasn't starting. And Arnold said that he had a slight knock. So it, there's a mixed message there. Interesting. Um, and I don't know why. Uh, I don't know which to believe, really. Um, if he's not 100%, then you can understand Boss starting. Um, but Goodwin says he is. 
So that's a bit of an interesting story to watch, I guess, over the next few days. Well, well, a force change that uh, Arnold may have to consider for the next game, uh, Gethin Jones, Ross, he's had a bit of a roller coaster in his very short stint in a Socceroo shirt. He's come into the team uh, as a you know, naturalised player, didn't really impress in the first couple of games, was taken out for the Uzbekistan uh, final match day in the group stage, brought back in here, had that wicked assist, which I'm, I'm sure is one of the reasons why he was picked in the first place from Arnold and that really long ball in for the second goal last night. But then he goes off the ground uh, with a groin issue late on the game. Joey Lynch is reporting on Twitter that he was taking straight to hospital to get scans on his groin, which obviously the quick turnaround in tournament football leaves him in a lot of doubt. Nathaniel Atkinson uh, looks likely as the replacement, but a lot of chopping and changing in that right back position can't be helpful. It's not helpful, but Gethin, to be fair to him, played fairly well until he went off, until I think the yellow card, that should have been a red card. <laughs> so, if you're gonna you really out think like that was that, a red I card? Think, I think if you're going to lash out like that and stick a leg out in retaliation, I think you, you send him off he for it. He barely got him though. Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I think the game opened up a little bit more when Atkinson came on. And I think the same could have been said if Miller came on. I think it was more forward thinking in a way. Like I get... Jones did make an like did get an assist and did was very attacking, but I think Atkinson was very much more like that was I think that's he came on for that reason and I think that showed as well. Kev, uh, before we look forward to the next round for the Socceroos, there's another game played uh, in the early hours of the morning as well. Tajikistan beating the United Arab Emirates on penalties after a one-all draw. They're having an amazing tournament. Yeah, listen, I think these these guys could be the story of the tournament. Uh, it's the first time they've ever been in it. Um, and to get all the way to the quarterfinals is, is fantastic for them. Uh, I, I have to admit, I didn't watch the whole game. But I, I watched the highlights. Um, and from what I saw, they um, they could have been two or three up before uh, UAE scored in injury time to take it to extra time. Um, and then fair play to them. They, they held their nerve. They converted all their penalties um, and probably justified going through from what I could see. So... Um, I think it's going to be, is, is it always is in tournament football, penalty shootouts in the knockout stages, there's going to be more of them. Uh, and if they can take penalties like they did last night, then they're going to be in with a shout. So they could even get further than they are now. And it just shows you, Ross, in tournament football, anything can happen. You know, in terms of looking towards our, our quarterfinal and semifinal draws on Australia's side, the UAE were one of those teams that was a possibility to come up against. But when you get to just 90, 120 minutes and then penalties in football in major tournaments, anything can happen. Yeah, it can. I'm quite, like, I'm very impressed with Tajikistan. They're playing really good football. And, I mean, it looks like the what? They have Iraq next, do they? Potentially? Potentially, yes. If, if, if Iraq win, I guess. But then if they get up against Iraq, then it's looking rough for us, even, to be honest. Because if they play that football, then I don't know how we're going to cope. Well, as you say, Iraq Jordan is the fixture tonight and Qatar Palestine at 3 a.m. in the morning as well. Looking forward to the rest of the round of 16 games, Kev, obviously the big one that we're paying attention to, uh, regardless of you know where the Socceroos are going, Saudi Arabia, Korea is a you know a top tier matchup in itself, regardless of the fact that that's who will be playing in the next round. Uh, that's set up to be a beauty. It is. It's going to be a cracker. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be staying up to watch that. Um, so, two decent teams. Um, I think the Koreans, uh, 
look good going forward if they can sort out their defence because um, they've conceded quite a few so far. Um, then they could go all the way still, even though they only finished second in their group. Uh, and the Saudi Arabians, they've got Mancini as coach. They don't concede many goals. Uh, they're in an environment that they know well um, in Qatar. It's obviously just around the corner from where they are. So that it's difficult to call that one, to be honest. I, I'd say Korea on balance, but it's it's it, it will be close and it, it may well go to penalties. I suppose from Australia's point of view, we want it to go to extra time and penalties so they're tired, right? And regardless of even, you know, the physical exertion, Ross, how often have we seen in major tournaments, you know, Croatia in 2018 World Cup comes to mind where you have this such a big game, like the game against England in the semi-final, all this emotion behind it, all the significance, the quality of the opponent that you build yourself up for that game. And then you get to the one after and, and a lot of that energy has already been used in the previous round and they lose to France convincingly. That could work in the Aussies' favour as well. It could. And I guess we just have to play our game and see how that copes. Because obviously, as Kev said earlier, we played better against a better team and we haven't really played a team of that level for a while, I guess you could say. So we'll see how that holds up and we'll see how, I guess, Mitsuduke goes. I think I think Saudi Arabia get up. I think they're, they're playing more convincing football than South Korea. But, I mean, anything can happen. It's the Asian Cup, isn't it? Okay, there's been a, been a bit of criticism around South Korea in, in terms of their coach as well. Obviously, he has quite a nice reputation, but I, I think the, the words have been putting out there, kind of just putting 11 players in the park and hoping they kind of click and not really presenting too much of a tactical identity. And yes, they have the quality. Of course, Hyungmin Sun up top, is, he can score goals on his own at times, but if they're not clicking as a team, Saudi Arabia with their technical ability, they're going to put a, a pretty big threat out there. Yeah, I listen, I think if you're South Korean, that, that's probably justified. They finished second in a group they were expected to win and they've conceded quite a lot of goals. So I think the coach is under pressure. Um, but what tends to happen in the knockout rounds is it focuses the attention. Um, so I expect South Korea to be better uh, in this game. It's do or die. If they don't play well, they're out. Um, and that would then the coach is probably gone. I would say, if they lose in the second round of the Asian Cup. Um, so so it'll, it'll be under pressure. Uh, I, I think it'll be very close, but I think Korea will just nick it. Um, but it could go either way, to be honest. 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning this week. Ross, out of the other round of 16 matchups, does anything stand out from you for you in those fixtures? I think the Bahrain-Japan game is a bit closer than we think, considering the way Japan's been playing. Um, I mean, Bahrain got up just in their group, but Japan, again, wasn't convincing either. And if they're going to play like that, then I think that could go all the way as well. And I'm um, looking forward to Iraq, to be honest. So Iraq looks exciting, so I want to see how they play out. Kev, what about you? Any fixtures that jump out? Yeah, I'm just having a look through them, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Saudi-South Korea one is to stand out. But um, if they progress as they're expected to, uh, Iran against Japan in the quarterfinals could be a cracker if they both win. Um, and, and I'm quite interested in seeing how Uzbekistan played because I thought um, they were pretty good against Australia um, and I probably expect them to beat, to beat Thailand uh, and then they're scheduled to potentially play Qatar in the quarterfinals. So it's not, un, it's not out of the realms of possibility that we could have Uzbekistan and Tajikistan in the semifinals, which I don't think anybody would have predicted. No, that would definitely be a long odds. 
the other games, uh, you, you mentioned Iraq, Jordan, Qatar, Palestine are the two games coming up today. Then Uzbekistan, Thailand, Saudi Arabia, South Korea, then Bahrain, Japan, and Iran, Syria as well to round us off. That's going to be an interesting matchup in itself. Listen, I think um, we've been fairly critical of Australia today in terms of their performance, but the bottom line is they, they won and they're still undefeated. And I do think they'll play better uh, or they, their game style will suit playing against either Saudi Arabia or South Korea because they won't have as much of the ball and they'll play on the counter, which suits their style. So um, bring Goodwin in, hope Duke's fit and cross your fingers. Yeah, Ross, I mean, all the successful results that the Zuckeroos have had in the last 15 months, uh, a large majority of them have come from being the team that sits back with lower possession and playing in transition. Hopefully we get a little bit of that in the next round and are able to showcase our skills a little bit better. Hopefully. I mean, we Indonesia very much dictated the speed of the match until like they kind of died out and then we had control of it. We slowed the game down in the second half. So it will be interesting to see how we come off that on the counter, but it should be nice. All right, well, it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the tournament plays out, but that will do for this episode of the A-Leagues of Our Own podcast. Uh, Kevin Sangster, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Lockie. Thanks for having me. Ross Papadakis, thank you as well. Thank you, Lockie. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back uh, on Tuesday for your A-League Men Weekly Review. Thank you all very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.